Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Sunday recap edition of the Purple Theory podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard, and I have alongside with me, as always, my co-host, Parker Fleming. Parker, how are you doing this Sunday evening? Oh, I'm doing well. It's never a bad day uh, the day after TCU wins. It's never a bad day the day after TCU wins its second consecutive uh, conference game for the first time in a long time. And it's never bad when TCU defends the Carter for the first time in a long time. So on all three fronts, I am, uh, I'm doing all right this evening. That's true. And Parker, I can't believe you, you, uh, you buried the lead here, uh, which is that the Horned Frogs uh, ran for 270 yards and are now 98-8 and eight under Gary Patterson and rushing for at least 200 and also had a, won the time of possession and are now 129-33 and 33 under Gary Patterson with leading in that category. Uh, you know what's crazy? Uh, a stat to go with that. Gary Patterson is undefeated when his team scores more points than his opponents. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> And it's funny how often those two uh, line up. Yeah. Okay, so TCU wins 34-18 over Texas Tech. And I think there are so many things we want to talk about in this game. Before we get to our opening thoughts over how TCU played, the scheme, all of that, we do have to actually address the actual elephant in the room, which is that what the hell was Matt Wells thinking when he kicked a field goal on second and four in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I didn't even – I'm actually speechless about this because I, I haven't even answered what the hell does Matt Wells think he was doing by doing that. Um, that like the press conference answer, you watched the two minute clip where they asked him about it. And I didn't even know that he said an actual sentence in that. He just said a bunch of phrases strung back to back. He, he said a lot of very obvious things. So I, I don't have his exact transcript, but basically his rationale was that tech needed a field goal and a touchdown to win the game. So what he wanted to do was kick the field goal and then score the touchdown. So he was going to kick, uh, kick the field goal, make it, kick it deep, stop TCU, get the ball back, and score. Parker, I don't know if you know this or not, it is harder to, kick, uh, to score a touchdown than it is to kick a field goal. And if you're already at second and four inside your opponent's 20-yard or 30-yard line, you should probably just continue and try to score a touchdown. Well, yeah, not only is it just in general, before you know where you are on the field, easier to score a field goal than a touchdown. Grant, when you have first and 10 at your opponent's 25, it's easier to score a touchdown there than it is to kick a field goal at, I don't know, what, like what, what yard line there. Um, so I would much rather try and score a touchdown from my opponent's 25 than kick a field goal and then try and score a touchdown from my opponent's, I don't know, uh, my, my own 20. Right. It was an absolutely inexplicable decision, coupled with the fact that coming into this game, Texas Tech had not converted a field goal all season. He said that. He said he that out loud. He, he goes, he hadn't made one this week. Uh, okay, so you got him in range for a guy who can't make a field goal. Um, I, yeah, so that, that in itself was just crazy. Also, Grant, listen to the plays. I mean, you watched it, but, but for, for a viewer, um, the plays before this, uh, Columbia pass complete for 12 yards, incomplete, uh, complete for four yards, incomplete, incomplete penalty. And then Columbia scramble for nine yards, Xavier white run for 17 yards, Columbia scramble for six yards, just run four verts and let Columbia get to the end zone, man. Like, what are you thinking? Especially because TC was working with at points, a fourth string cornerback against, uh, some of Texas tech's really good wide receivers. Um, we don't have a space for this on our, Rundown. So I'm going to stick it in here. 
Look, I, I, CJ Caesar was in a very tough spot. He's the third string guy on the depth chart behind Keon Stewart and Noah Daniels, both of whom are unavailable for this game. Uh, Tech picked on him, man. He did not have a good Saturday. And if I were Matt Wells and David Yost, I would have told Henry uh, Columbia to find wherever 16 is and throw it at him. That is, that is read number one. Um, I, I will say it's, it's so unfortunate he was put in that situation because yes, clearly he was yes, not ready for the for field. Sure. Um, I, here's how unfortunate that situation was. I noticed on a couple special teams plays, I was like, oh, number 16 made the tackle. I wonder who that is. I don't know who that is on TC's roster. And then the defense went out there and number 16 went out there. And I thought, I still have no idea who this person is. Is he on TC's roster? Like I thought, hey, good for that random walk-on who's playing special teams. And then it turned out that random walk-on who was playing special teams had to come in at cornerback. It was um, very, very bad. It was not good. Again, we are not trying to bury uh, C.J. Caesar. It, it was just a, a very unfortunate circumstance for the TCU defense being so thin at the position due to injury. Yeah, um, yeah, just just real rough and, and expected. And, and I mean, real rough. if I was Matt Wells, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as a result, I'm going to holster all the uh, et to C.J. puns I had made for this uh, this this occasion. Um, do you want to talk about finishing drives? So. Before we get there, Parker, do you have the SP plus uh, numbers up? Yes, I do. So, so we got to do some contextualizing. Uh, You know me, I'm Mr. Well, actually. So TCU rose a spot in SP plus. That is largely to win. Win is a win around them. That is, that is teams around them falling and moving. TCU is now plus 3.2. And so what that number means, Grant, for the uninitiated is TCU is expected to be 3.2 t- 3.2 points better than an average team on a neutral field. Um, that w- that number was 3.9 last week after the Baylor game. The offense was uh, it ranks 88th. Last week it ranked 89th, but it fell uh, about a point and a half in efficiency. And the defense the defense was 28 or 30th. It is now 28th. It's creeping back up to where we think it should be in that top 25. And the defense actually did improve, uh, but, but the offense took, took a huge step back, which meant the rating fell, but the ranking rose just because of some, some other movement. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So in uh, Bill Connolly's SP Plus ranking, uh, TCU is a worse team that is now ranked higher than it was last week. Uh, go Frogs. They're still in front of Baylor, which is uh, which is fun. well, of just course, fun. Just a lot of fun. Um, Parker TCU had so many opportunities in this game, starting drives and scoring position, and uh, inside the Texas Tech forty, inside their thirty, and came away with field goals on several of those drives. I it, 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 I don't want to sound like a broken record because you and I have harped on this all season, but good God Almighty, we need to start scoring touchdowns. Yeah, I, ideally you're scoring touchdowns. Can I can I hijack this to do a little bit of a rant here? I, um, I see no way of stopping you. Yeah, this is my yeah. You can't you can't do anything here. Uh, I'm gonna edit this later. So if you say no, I'll just edit that out and, and do it anyway. Um, right. Okay. The first play, the interception by Duggan. Yeah. I don't think I'm being inconsistent with my views about throwing the ball downfield in saying, hey. You have a passer who has been inconsistent in the past, is still working on his development against a terrible defense. How about you just, you just let him get rolling? 
How about you say, you know what? I really want to work on that 40-yard go route. Instead of throwing that at the beginning of the game, why don't I throw some routes where he could just get the ball out of his hands, get it into receiver's hands, get some, get some confidence going, and then try that 40-yard go route? Can I interject real quick? Please. This is what good teams do. Uh, we talked about this going into the Oklahoma week. That like Oklahoma gets Spencer Rattler a three yard completion on the first play of every game. And I'm not like, and it doesn't have to be a wasted completion. I'm just saying we have to find no. a middle ground between Max, you can only throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, or Max, you have to hit this 50 yard pass, or we are eliminating the passing game in its entirety, and it's your fault. I think that's horrible. Uh, to do to a quarterback. Also, just think strategically, it's a very bad way to get your quarterback involved. Look, let's go to the worst case scenario. Heaven forbid, no one take this out of context, you nerd. What if Max is bad? Let's just go down that road, okay? Sure. Yeah. There are people who are saying it. Uh, that was you're very, hearing it more and more. Yeah, you're, <laughs> I hated that. Um, I'll concede. Let's just say Max is bad. He's not a good quarterback. We need a new good quarterback. I don't believe that. That's not hypothetically. 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 If that's true, why are you throwing that kind of pass? Why are you doing that to him? Right. You wouldn't put God. God bless him. You wouldn't put Mike Collins in that situation or Alex Delta. No, we've actually seen when Mike Collins or right. Grayson Mielsen is in the in the game, they scheme around it and say, "Hey, we're just going to get you some. We're going to get you some confidence routes. Let's go." Um. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand that. Uh, given the, the historical aversion to the middle of the field because of the possibility of turnovers and then you throw this kind of ridiculous pass, I just, I just don't understand the calculus on offense that says, this is a good idea, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and so that, that was really frustrating. So I'm actually not opposed to trying to take advantage of good field position after the first uh, drive from Texas Tech and trying to kind of strike, strike first. I like, I, don't like, I like that attitude. I like that. I like the yeah. attitude. What I don't like is a one-read play to where you, Duggan was going to throw that ball whether Johnston was open or not. Yes, and, and he just and threw it anyway happened. because that was his read, and it, it was a tough throw. He didn't make the throw, and the Tech kid made a really, really good play and picked it off. But he had one read and he threw it because that was his only option. And 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 I, I went back and watched every single receiver was 15 yards downfield. Like there was no yeah. there was no safety. This was you're absolutely right about that. And I just, I mean, I like the aggression. I think that the aggression, you know, TC went for it a couple of times on fourth down. I think that's good that they're, they're thinking about that. It does feel a little bit like nanny, nanny, boo-boo. We went for fourth down and like we did the thing. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like they're still, it, it really doesn't feel like they're optimizing. It feels like they're just checking boxes, if that makes sense. I know it, that's so, that's so, no, it, but it's persnickety, but it's important to nail down what we've been trying to say on this podcast the entire year, which is aggression is good when used correctly. And smart and well-thought-out aggression will win you football games. One what, what could even say cautious aggression is the way to win in the Big 12. Shout out to Cody Alexander, our, our friend, who uh, has a book on the subject about yes, Big Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He's exactly right. And, and, and TCU just does not seem to know how to deploy aggression at the right time. And it's very frustrating. Yeah, it is. And, uh, and, and it's frustrating that TCU, TCU started drives on the 33, Texas Tech's 33, the 32, the 34, the 14. They came away with three field goal attempts and a touchdown. Jesus. You, you got to score. 
you, you have to. TCU had a first here, – here, here are all the situations TCU had, and th- this isn't 100% fair, but I'm in – whatever. Some of these are correlated because they're on the same drive. But TCU had a first and 10 at the 32. They all ended up kicking a field goal. First and goal at the 8, they scored a touchdown. First and goal at the 8, they scored a touchdown. First and 10 at the 14, field goal. First and 10 at the 22, field goal. First and 10 at the 26, they turn it over on downs. Uh, that, that you, you, you have to score. When you get across yep. the 30, you have a first down, a good team finds a way to score a touchdown. I'm not saying you have to do it every time. I'm saying you need to do it better than two touchdowns and six trips. That's insane. Yeah. At least against, against Texas Tech, the 113th worst defense in the nation, and you score two touchdowns and six trips. Yeah, it's not good, Parker. It's and, not and, good. And, and then, yeah. No, I was going to say, and then you rely on your quarterback to bail you out, but you and I are going to talk about that a little bit later when it comes to Duggan running the ball. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and that's really a big – yeah. Let's, let's talk about some, some – Big Let's picture stats, yeah. and, then yeah. we'll get, and then we'll get into that. So yeah. TCU, yeah. 20, 25.7% success rate overall, 33% rush, 12% pass. They rushed on 74% of their early downs, first and second downs. Um, they averaged a negative EPA per play. They rushed 45 times for 298 yards. Um, outside of Max Duggan's two long runs, they rushed for 3.9 yards per play. Um, 14 designed quarterback runs, 166 yards on those. That's 11.8 per. So a really effective quarterback run game um, against a very, very bad offense. The numbers that really, really kind of got my blood boiling, Max Duggan, uh, 7.6 yards per completion, only a 50% completion rate. He had one drop, so if you adjust that, uh, it's a 59% uh, completion rate. The air yards per completion were 3.3. The average distance between Max Duggan and the receiver was 3.3 yards on a completion. It's embarrassing, Parker. And it's because they kind of run the the boom or bust routes that you were talking about. It's either, you know, a a seam route, a fade route, or a drag or or a screen. And that they don't give him any opportunities to – develop hey okay here's a 10 yard out route hit it here's you know so it's it's extremely frustrating i, well, I just it, got this deja vu i feel like we had this exact same podcast last year we had this exact same podcast last week against baylor yeah i mean we're well okay so even even crazier there look at this this is insane all right against baylor even so so we talk about gosh i have to be coherent on here okay what's our problem with tcu's offense they don't have an identity they just throw Correct. random shit at the wall and hope something sticks and hope they win. They don't have an identity. Against Baylor last week, 56% of Max Duggan's passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Against Tech, only 5 of 24, that's 20.8%, were behind the line of scrimmage. So even when passing game was going wrong, they didn't even say, hey, we're going to try and get the screen game going. We're going to try and get completions. They just abandoned what they did against Baylor, where they you know, presumably won. Uh, they didn't presumably win. They absolutely won. But still, they just completely dramatically changed what they were doing, and it failed miserably, and they had no way to, to account for it at all. 
this is a new stat in Parker's uh, toolbox. It's called presumable wins, where TCU wins, but he doesn't like it. So it's called a presumable win. Honestly, you could do worse than giving in, you know, let me give an idiot the box score and see who won. I believe there's a podcast that's done that before, but I, I don't remember which one it is. Um, certainly wasn't the only college football podcast. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It, it, it It's very frustrating. It, it stinks. Can, we, can, can I say something nice about the TCU defense real quick? Yeah. Just completely changing subject. Um, with the caveat that Texas Tech's offensive line is the worst I might have seen this year, pass rush, great. O'Shawn Mathis had three sacks. Yeah, that, that was really that, that was, was fun. Wild. TCU got a sack from the interior <laughs> offensive line. I know that's how bad Texas Tech's line is. But still, I mean, guys played well and stepped up, and and that's something to celebrate. But uh, yeah, TCU got a sack from the interior offensive line. They had two. They had two. Patrick Jenkins and Earl Barquette each had a sack. No, we agreed. It's Barquet. If he doesn't pronounce <laughs> it Barquet, I don't care. He needs to pronounce it Barquet. <laughs> GoFrogs.com has it as Barquet. I'm trying to be – Dang. I'm, I'm the journalist here. I was just I thinking the, about uh, – uh, this is uh, – gosh, what is that movie, Spies Like Us? And they're sitting there and they're like, is that Goldfinger by the Barquets? And I just thought that was funny. <laughs> so I'm super old. Sorry. Yeah, that, that, that's over my head. Uh, yeah, no, I, it, it was extremely fun to watch TCU actually pressure the quarterback. Uh, Trevon Merrick had another great game in coverage. Um, TCU did everything it had to do and more on the defensive end to win this game, and that's why they won the game. Shout out as well to the special teams unit. Um, well, wait, before Parker's, we special teams, can we go, go ahead? Go ahead. Because yeah. TCU's defense has done enough to win every game this this year, except for Oklahoma, which we we expect. Yeah. That's fine. Um, TCU held Texas Tech to a thirty percent success rate on offense. Texas Tech only got 28% of available yards. So available yards grant is like if you start on the 25, on your own 25 after a touchback, there's 75 available yards. Right. So you sum those up over the game. 28% of available yards. Texas Tech was 13% on third and fourth down conversion attempts. 13%. Very bad. Does TCU's that count defense. the field goal on second down? No, that, that, that returns okay. just a gigantic white flag. <laughs> error file not found if i was um, dave, if i was dave Chappelle, i would take a drag of a cigarette and stare at the audience for 30 seconds after that right there <laughs> Chappelle show now on netflix god bless i've been watching all week we get um, uh we get one one millionth of a cent for every stream for advertising on our podcast <laughs> Okay, complete aside, people like to banter. 30 seconds, what's your favorite Chappelle show sketch? Haters, haters ball, 100%. Okay, great. Easy. Okay, me too. So we don't even have banter about that. The line he gives, <laughs> uh, when looking at that picture of Rosie O'Donnell, sticks in my head for, anyway, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, TCU's defense, let's, let's get back on, on track. Um, TCU's defense was hating on Saturday. They, they, they would yes. have won an award at the haters ball. There's a transition they for would. you. <laughs> Because, te- I mean, they Texas told, Tech's just uh, awful. They told Matt Wells to click his seals three times and go back to Utah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was very fun. It, it, was, it was, like, fun to watch them play defense against a team that is explosive. And then they gave up two huge touchdowns on the third-string cornerback. And, again, that's yeah. not burying the third-string corner. It's just what happened. But and everything else you- was contained and, and, and done very well by the TCU defense. And can you imagine if 
TCU had Noah Daniels and yeah. O'Shawn Mathis didn't get hurt in the first half. Like there was too much Parker yeah. Workman in this game. And uh, there's no such thing. He no. only played 11 snaps. It's no, no comment. Um, but yeah, I mean, so this is TCU not at full strength. This is TCU patching some holes on defense and, and they've been great. And, and Corey Coleman, you know, still really, really good uh, defender there was able to kind of play, play his role consistently. I, I think Mathis and Coleman could still be a very, very dangerous end duo. Um, I did see, you know, Nook Bradford had the interception there at the end. Nook Bradford got a lot of snaps. Um, so I, I think there's so many bright spots on TZ's defense, especially going forward. Again, the, the theme of this entire year is, 2021 right build improve and and 2021 we're going to win a lot and tc's defense is going to turn over some guys in the secondary and that's going to be really really hard but it looks like they have a lot of pieces there to uh replace them i have to point of order you uh trevon merrick had the interception at the end no nook bradford had did nook bradford not have an interception no does grizzly adams have a beard i don't know what that means trevon merrick had an interception Nook, oh, Nook did, Nook, did, did Nook Bradford's the, – there was a penalty and Nook Bradford got an interception. Yes, and so, yeah, yes. that's why. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we only call him by his full name? Because you said Nook Bradford 30 times in the last two – which I'm fine with. I don't want to call him Nook or Bradford. I just don't – I don't think I can decide. Now. I just feel like Nook Bradford – I just tri- – Nook Bradford's – it's an incredible name. Nook Bradford is fewer syllables than Trevon Merrick. So, Trevon Merrick, okay. Nook Bradford. Checkmate. So, huh. Um. Quick shout out to special teams. Played very well. I enjoyed it. Um, shout out to our friend Carter Ware. Uh, Carter Ware is officially yes! capital F friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Uh, and, yes. and he had a blocked pun, and that was that was a lot of fun on special teams. Really fun. Um, yeah, really, really great. Flip the field, all that good stuff. Yes, all uh, that good stuff. Darius Davis is a revelation. Man, he is fun. I, I mean, we knew he was quick and shifty. We, we kind of wanted to see him in that slot role this year. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's been a really, really great replacement for Jalen Rager. Um, he he kind of felt like, to me, a guy who was uh, – I'm going to date myself, Desmond White. Yes, uh, absolutely. I guess I'm not yep. dating myself. That was only like three years ago. But where you thought, man, you're, you're, you're really fast. I don't know how they're going to get you involved. And, and I was worried he would get lost, and he has not gotten lost. He's gotten some passes, and he's doing great at the punt return. Um, that's, that's, that's really great overall. I, the only downside of that is that that's what I thought J.D. Spielman would be doing, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, okay, we haven't talked about Max yet. We, let's say something nice about Max Duggan real quick. When he ran that was an 81-yard touchdown uh, to ice the game, I was hooting and hollering in my living room. I mean, I was yelling, Parker. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I think Darius Davis would still beat him in a foot race, yes, but I think it would be a sure. lot closer if it was like a 100-yard dash. I think it'd be a lot closer uh, than, than you think it is. Um, Duggan, we have talked about so much at this point in his career, in his development, has a fire and a passion that every coach in America wants out of their quarterback. Max Duggan hates to lose. Max Duggan loves to rub your face in it and not in like an unsportsmanlike way, but in a way where he says, no, 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 we're, we're doing this. I'm moving the ball. Um, and he's had a couple moments where he's just said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over uh, in the run game. And, and Grant, for all the struggles in the pass game, which we'll talk about, you, you absolutely love for your quarterback to say, okay, that's not working today. I'm not mailing it in. I'm going to yep. 
one, TCU is sacrificing Max Duggan's body. I think there was 14 design quarterback mm-hmm. runs, but he, he's, he's fine with it and saying, no, I'm going to lay this on the line and I'm going to give every ounce and we're going to win. I'm not mailing it in. So that just from a fan standpoint is just excellent to see. It is. It reminds me of, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, it, I don't want to compare him to like the elite of the elites, but like really, really good NBA players when their jump shot isn't working, they'll just drive the lane and just throw their body and try to get fouled. Right now that's not James Harden who does that on a regular basis. That's not, that's neither here nor there for the podcast, but like they're like, look, I can't make a thing, but I'm going to get somebody in foul trouble and I'm going to go to the line and hit my free throws. And that's what Duggan does. It's like, look, I, I, my arm is not working today, but by God, I'm going to run it for 81 yards and 43 yards and however many yards. And we're going to win this daggum game by hook or by crook. And that's what I love about him. Do you, so do we have to talk about the passing though? Because it is depressing. It was very bad. Uh, yes, TC's was passing was, was, was very bad. I read some stats earlier and most of those were very short middle of the field. Duggan had some pretty bad overthrows and kind of looked looked a little rattled um, overall. I mean, he there were times in the pocket where he just got mauled, and that's nothing new to him. There were um, – yeah, there's, there just wasn't a lot of what we saw. There was a Mikhail Barkley uh, skinny post RPO – no, excuse me, mm-hmm. Blair Conright skinny yep. post RPO yep. uh, that was uh, – Whoever, whatever lineman was downfield like nine yards on that play was so stupid. <laughs> he wasn't even blocking hey, anyone. He was just you, walking. You, you wanted TCU's lineman to go off and hit somebody. He was just, he was just walking. He was just hanging out. Uh, but, but so that looked really good. TCU really didn't go back to that. Um, and I will say in terms of, you know, thinking about 2021 and thinking about development, Duggan really, like, they, they, they went downfield three times. And so me, if I have a quarterback who – is playing a bad defense and through interception on that first play where there was only one read, I would say, okay, you have to complete that pass before this game is over. Yeah. We're going to win. That's fine. It's going to be stressful. I don't care. Like I wouldn't care if this was 27, 26, if Max Duggan had thrown 19 deep balls and then finally caught one, because clearly that's what they would have been doing. But what happened is Duggan threw a bad one the first time and in a bad play call, both of those were bad. Uh, and then they, they, they only went downfield 20 plus two times. Um, the, in front of the line of scrimmage, I have numbers on that. Hold on. While you're looking, uh, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, self edit myself. Uh, it was Blair Conright. The first pass went to not Quentin Johnston. I screwed that up the first play of the game. Uh, Blair Conright was the intended receiver against the interception. Haters, please do not at me on Twitter. I corrected myself over the course of the podcast and therefore got it correct. As long as you completed the same podcast. Uh, yeah, they, they only had three deep attempts out of 24, uh, 24 de- design passes. Some of that is pressure. Presumably one or two of those sacks were like deep developing routes and he got, and he got sacked. And so maybe they were trying it. But, but even then, I mean, TCU just absolutely turtled up in the, in the pass game. And that is reflective of an attitude that says, oh, no, we don't trust our quarterback to work through mistakes. We have to minimize him go to the rush game because obviously Texas tech is terrible against the rush and just, and just run to win. And that I really think doesn't serve your goal of winning in 2021, which is, I don't know how many times I can say this. I don't, yeah. Like 
I don't know what right. else to do about that. Well, well, and that was the last thing we had in our checklist for this podcast. We can go ahead and address it now. Is that all of this season is supposed to build to 2021. We've said it over and over again. And we said it going into this week that, look, we need to – we, yes, we're on the team. TCU needs to beat Texas Tech by – you know, they need to beat the spread. They need to have a convincing win. This was not a convincing win, and yet it still showed up as a 16-point victory. So what I'm worried about is that this gives – you know, the staff, carte blanche to say, hey, look, we did our job, beat Tech by 16, covered the spread, and we're making progress. Whereas in reality, if you watch the game, nothing looked progressive to me at all on, on the TCU sideline. And, 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 I, and I'm with you there. I mean, there was a couple – there were a couple great broadcast moments of Meech just, like, staring at the ground. <laughs> like, hands <laughs> on his knees, just staring at the ground. And I feel for the guy. Poor um, guy. So – the problem I have with all of this is that like, think about Floyd Mayweather. If Floyd Mayweather okay. is going to go fight Manny Pacquiao, right? Like the biggest fight in history a couple of years ago, whatever, this whole crazy thing. Floyd Mayweather is thinking like, man, maybe I'm not in great shape. I got to get back in shape. I'm going to go learn all my te- te- techniques again. I'm going to fight and I'm going to go face Manny Pacquiao and I'm going to win. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, if he like goes and spars against a, you know, a high schooler who wants to be a boxer, right? If mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather sits back and doesn't work on any of his technique and he just goes and beats the ever-loving hell out of this high schooler, did he win that fight? Yes. Did that help him at all to train to become a better boxer to beat Manny Pacquiao in their big showdown in a couple of months? No, unequivocally no. And that's effectively what TCU does with the run game because you can't beat everyone with the run game. You can beat bad teams with the run game. And if you want to continue to be a team that only barely beats bad teams, you can continue to run like this. But you have to fix the pass game. You have to show some kind of willingness to say, this isn't working. We can't just say, ah, Max doesn't have it. Let's turtle up. Because look, you're going to keep losing to Oklahoma. You're going to keep losing to Oklahoma State you're going to keep doing these weird one or two score uh, or one or two point wins and go into the freaking Alamo bowl as the absolute ceiling of your program. And look, that's not to say I'm deluded. TCU isn't going to the playoff every year, but TCU go to the playoff once every four years, if they set it up right. And they've consistently demonstrated that I don't think they're thinking about setting it up. Right. I do not think the goal is to develop your talent to the peak where you can go to the playoff and actually compete nationally. Uh, I think the goal is uh, continue to amass wins at whatever rate they come. I mean, if the goal was to develop talent, Zach Evans would have gotten more than 19 snaps. And you would have Uh, run downfield routes to him. He came to TCU and said, I want to catch passes, quit throwing it to him in the flat, throw it to him down the field. Right. And I, I agree with you. I I think that we're going to see it again next week against Kansas. I, I mean, I, you know, TC is going to beat Kansas. I, I almost feel bad saying that on this podcast because if it's, if I'm wrong, then good. No, Lord, this isn't one of those really situations. Kansas is real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But, but if like TC should win that game by 60 or, or at least when, you know, go up by 40 and then yank the starters. I mean, I'm fine with that against Kansas. It is literally like playing a JV team. It's not Tech or Baylor where there's like a semblance of a chance that they will come back and beat you like Baylor kind of almost did last week. Like, if you're up against – if you're up by 40 against Kansas, you'll win by 50 still somehow if you ain't the starters. But they, they can't – TCU can't play with its food because eventually 
you know, they're going to lose one of those games, and they're learning nothing by doing so. So, yes, I completely agree with you. Well, they have. You. They've lost mo- – West Virginia know, last year I know, happened. I know. I know. And they learned it, nothing. Absolutely nothing. It, it, I want it, everyone listening to this podcast to go, there, go to their windows and open their windows and stick their head outside and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking it anymore. Shout out Network, a movie I have not seen. Uh, <laughs> Parker, let's uh, – we're already over time. Let's move on to national topics for five minutes. We've already kind of given our thoughts about this game. Uh, did you watch the Notre Dame Clemson game? I did. I have a really Damn. hot take about that. Go if ahead. you have the ball and the other team has timeouts and the game's almost over, you either have to make that team use those timeouts or get a first down. Yep, I agree. My dad called – my dad – I spent 10 minutes today hopping mad about Clemson mismanaging the clock at the end of the game. Just it's very dumb. Very dumb. I think I wrote or said mean things about Ian Book earlier this year, and I am not sold on him as a prospect, but he had a really good game, and congrats to him. Ian Book is not a good quarterback, but he had a good game. Ooh, okay, I like it. Uh, BYU 51, or uh, yeah, Boise State 17. Holy hell. Yeah, the Mormons are feisty. They're, they're really good, and they would have run, run, uh, won regardless. Boise State's quarterback went out pretty early. Still, a 51. But they, I mean, is, they, they laid yeah. the wood. Yeah, um, BYU's real. I wish we could find a way to get Cincinnati and BYU to play each other in the regular season because I think the winner of that would actually have a pretty legitimate playoff claim this year. Well, don't worry. They'll play each other in the, in the Fiesta Bowl so that they don't actually have to play a Power 5 opponent. That's, that's where the um, bad teams go. That's where <laughs> – uh, Michigan loses to Indiana. Parker is Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat. I say yes. Your take. No, he's got on, another uh, around he's got the another horn. Year. No, he's got another year. He'll uh, he'll take an NFL job. It'll be mutual. What ah, man alive? I don't know. You you can't lose to Michigan State and Indiana in back to back years and still not have a win over Ohio State. Michigan should be better. Should be much better than what it is under Jim Harbaugh. I agree. I think everyone gets a longer leash about the weirdness. I also think Jim Harbaugh's specific relationship, hashtag Michigan man, I, they, they're, not, I, they're not firing him. Maybe they should. I think he, he's gonna, I, he, might, he might finish out his contract and then take another job. That's what I, that's what I think. Yeah, well, that's, that's fine. Uh, Texas survives against, uh, against college, West Virginia. Uh, I did not watch that game. I was busy watching the end of Indiana-Michigan. But Do you, well, do you know wins. who's going to be in the Big 12 championship this year? Is it going to be Texas and Oklahoma? It's going to be Texas and Oklahoma. <laughs> did, why was Texas ranked entering this game? Uh, clicks. I, I literally gasped when I saw Texas yeah. is ranked number 22 in the country. It, it was dark. Uh, the uh, sh- the the best one though before we before we get out of here on a highlight yeah. did you see what our boy Justin Fuentes did at the end of the game it it I wasn't did. his fault I mean it was <laughs> yes it was you no know, well you can't you can't know and icing the kicker is stupid but everyone does it that was just terrible that was so funny he 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 called a timeout and right before but. Liberty kicked it and Tech blocked it and they, they ran it back for a touchdown, but it got called back. And uh, Hugh Freeze adding, adding notches to his belts. Um, hashtag Hugh Freeze for Texas. Uh, 2023 TCU head coach Hugh Freeze. Uh, 
has experience coaching at a Christian university. We're going to be uh, a, uh, we're going to be a coastal Carolina podcast that happens. <laughs> Welcome to teal theory. I'm not saying that again. <laughs> uh, okay. That, and on that note, we are going to wrap this up. My name is Grant McGalley. You can find me on Twitter at Grant McGalley. It's spelled like it sounds. As always, Parker is at Stats of War. Uh, we will have the recap for TCU Texas Tech up on our newsletter on Monday. Sign up, subscribe if you haven't done it yet already. I mean, man, what are you doing? It is the only place to get accurate and uh, really, really in-depth coverage of TCU football. Uh, Parker, anything else before we close it out? Go Frogs. Win is a win. Win is a win. 1-0 this weekend. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>